0: These questions and many more I aim to answer on the show. My goal is to be a trusted guide on your journey to selfhood. May you find what you seek. Hello everybody. I'm your host, Brandon Ward. Diving in today. Very excited about the topic of today's show. The drama of The Gifted Child. It's a book authored by Alice Miller, a Swiss psychotherapist and psychologist in the early 20th century. She was born January 12, 1923. She left the earth on April 14, 2010. She had a PhD in philosophy, psychology, and sociology. She was a researcher on childhood and the author of 13 books translated into 30 languages. So a lot of her work is built around child rearing and the damages that can come from child abuse, spanking, beatings, things of that nature. And so I'm going to read a little profile of hers that highlights the essence of her work and the impact that it had on me. And it was really the first book I, I've read a lot of books um, in my life. I actually use Goodreads, which I love if you... I recommend that to kind of keep track of your reading list and books you've read and rated and all of that. I, I, My list is over 300 completed books now, which is really awesome. I want to get to 500, hopefully here. I was aiming for before I was 40. I'm not sure I'm going to hit that <laughs> now with a kid. But <clears throat> her book really was one of the first books that I read. I was reading a lot of books at the time, really trying to understand the nature of my suffering, why I felt so miserable, why I felt so unhappy, and what I uncovered, for Alice Miller anyway, was this book was the first book that really I felt seen. It was the first time in my life that I had really felt like someone had been there with me growing up, and was present while I was being a child and they understood the pain and challenges that I felt that I was carrying with me up to that point I hadn't really there wasn't such a an experience for me and so this enabled me to see the trauma the pain and trauma is a I think a sensitive word just because it can it can mean different things to each of us and that's why it's I think challenging or sensitive, but it. Her work enabled me to see the hurt that I had been carrying, and the big component of Alice Miller's work is she really pushed against corporal punishment for children. And so, this I'm not sure of how like how accurate this is now, and how many states still allow this, but that. When this was written, there was 20 states that remain that allow corporal punishment to children, even in schools, also to teenagers. And so she was really against spanking, physical abuse of children. And the reason she was is she ties that back to a lot of adult problems that we experience and she shows with the help of her books that child abuse like beating and humiliating not only produces unhappy and confused children, not only destructive teenagers and abusive parents, but thus also a confused, irrationally functioning society. Now that sounds familiar cuz we're certainly dealing with a lot of that where we are today. And when you create trauma, when you create pain, and children at early ages, it creates, hurts our minds when we're developing. So it, it's going to impact our minds at the developmental state. It's also going to create a baseline of pain and discomfort, which we go on to expect as normal. And so this is what Alice is talking about the damages caused by this practices are devastating but unfortunately hardly noticed by society. Though the facts are easy to understand, as children are forbidden to defend themselves against the violence done to them, they must suppress the natural reactions like rage and fear and they discharge these strong emotions later as adults against their own children or whole peoples. Alice Miller illustrates this dynamic in her 13 books by not only her case histories but also her numerous studies on the biographies of dictators and famous artists the avoidance of this this issue in all society known to her as the result that extremely irrational behavior brutality sadism and other perversions can be produced completely undisturbed in families which reclaim their right to discipline their children and the products can be regarded as genetically conditioned. Alice Miller thinks that only through becoming aware of this dynamic can we break the chain of violence, and she devoted her life work to that enlightenment. And so that was what the book, The Drama of the Gifted Child, is about. And that's her definition. Gifted child doesn't mean some special gifted child in the sense that they bring these unique talents and abilities into the world. Now, we do... But that's not how she's referring to the gifted child. The gifted child in her perspective is a child that's able to survive and suppress their own feelings and emotions and inner states, their thoughts to survive. That's the drama of the gifted child. The gift is surviving and suppressing those feelings and navigating that as a child and becoming an adult. So ultimately it becomes a denial of self and that's what she is pointing at and it starts very early and this abuse is perpetuated by our families and when you look at society, cultural norms, especially today, the family often is the enforcer of the norms of our society and cultural times. Now, where we're living today, May 2022, that's not, there's a lot of division, there's a lot of tension, there's a lot of fighting going on around culture and the culture wars and everybody's dug in on on what they deem to be relevant and important and they're going out and trying to enforce their ideas into the world. So really in a lot of ways, nothing has changed from, now I will say this. I, there isn't as much physical abuse happening with children. That has absolutely improved since Alice Miller has passed on in 2010. And But the suppression, the treatment of children, not as whole peoples, not as individuals, but as, I think, objects of their parents is still absolutely happening today. And families are impressing those ideas and belief systems upon their children. And if they disagree with them, they're often mistreated, physically abused, mentally abused, name called, just the list goes on. And But by society standards, the children, we treat them as objects of our parents, and thus we are at the mercy of our parents. And until we grow up and become adults, we are at the mercy of our families, our homes, and so if there is not love and unconditional acceptance of who we are and the differences that we carry as individuals, then it can often be very difficult and painful for kids in households. And so many of us are raised this way, raised in the sense to deny ourselves. Now there's, I think, the opposite of what we're experiencing as well, which we'll cover on a different episode at some point. But looking at what happens when you give a child everything and you effectively support everything that they do and you don't challenge them, you don't draw healthy boundaries. So there's one sense. Alice Miller really focuses on the lack of boundaries, the child's loss of identity and self, the suppression of the self, particularly around harsh emotions, deep rage, anger, hurt, pain all of these things and whereas the other side of that coin is children that are given everything they are treated like they're the center of the world and then they expect everything to be done from them there's an entitlement aspect to that so there's the selfless aspect which alice miller covers so well in her work and i'm going to cover other she goes over dictators specifically joseph stalin adolf hitler goes through their history and illustrates how physically brutal their childhoods were. It is brutal what was done to some of these leaders and dictators that go on to perpetuate pain and suffering onto the world. And so because of that, It's very interesting to see the roots tied in violence at a very young age and how that can express itself in adulthood if not tended to and cared for. And that's the enlightenment of her work is this ability to see and experience and express our truth. And so this is what, I love this right here. It says, Alice Miller developed a concept of therapy that suggests us to confront ourselves with our history and to acknowledge and thus reduce the still unconscious but highly effective fear of the formerly beaten child. When we succeed to eventually feel our justified anger, indignation, instead of denying it, we can fully grow up and become autonomous. Because it is this childhood fear of the abuse of parents which drives adults to abuse their own children as well as to live with severe illness, rather than to take seriously the once endured cruelties. Countless esoteric and spiritual offers serve to obscure the pain resulting from the torture once undergone, yet fully denied. And that's a topic I'm also going to cover at another point is toxic positivity. The fact that there's so much of this in our world, this fake positivity around the fact that we can't express our truth in the darkness, the negativity, the pain, the suffering that we often experience as people and individuals. So embracing those dark f- feelings those dark emotions the anger the hatred the violence now this isn't this doesn't have to a lot of this doesn't necessarily even have to be expressed in families where there wasn't physical abuse there's just often the lack of acceptance for children and who they are if they're different than what their parents are and most kids are most kids come into the world with unique personalities and traits that they bring with them into this life. That's their gifts. That's what makes them unique. That's what allows them to be different and add to our world. But a lot of times, because we don't break this cycle, our parents go on perpetuating, our great par- our grandparents go on doing it, our great-grandparents do it. It's a cycle of abuse in this sense because we're not embracing children as they are. We're not accepting them as they are. And we go about perpetuating these abuse cycles and so until we recognize first and foremost what we feel in its entirety and not deny it not so a lot of times children we are taught we are not allowed so what am i trying to say here the ability for us to be as we are and express unique perspectives, feelings, thoughts that our parents may not share. That often rattles our parents, right? And so unless they are very comfortable and loving and confident in themselves, they often suppress or reject whatever it is that those kids are speaking about or sharing. And when parents see their children as a reflection of who they are, and they are, but done from an egocentric perspective not a loving perspective then it's a recipe for disaster it's again yet another example of objectifying aspects of material life and removing the sacredness to what they are and children are sacred they are they come into this world innocent and it's our job as parents to nurture them and allow them to bloom fully into to their personhood and also teach them boundaries and about society and the expectations of society without ruining their creative expression so it's a dance I'm not trying to pretend that this is easy but it's so very little done in today's society it's either the kid is given everything or the kid is forced to go along and do with whatever the family pushes upon them So many children are pushed upon by their parents to do certain things, careers, do things with their lives, get certain grades, be interested in certain things. They're pushed into stuff based on the standards of their parents. And again, I'm not blaming parents. That's not what this show is about. It's about recognizing this fact that we all have these pieces within us that we have to acknowledge. And until we acknowledge them, it's impossible to move forward and heal. And so Alice in her work, the recognition of those deep feelings allows us to begin to understand what those feelings are. And by exploring those feelings, by embracing those feelings, by listening to who we are from within, by addressing that inner child, right? Like we've talked about parenting ourselves. This is a portion of parenting ourselves. This to me, in many ways, is step one. So, the episode talking about parenting ourselves was a high level overview of that. But this, the drama of the gifted child, is really step one from my perspective recognizing and seeing yourself as you are. And that means all of your heaviness, all your pain, all your anger, your hatred, your violence, all of those things that you may feel inside of you, your sadness. No matter what they may be, it's okay to feel them, right? That's the thing. Now, that doesn't mean we go out and act on impulses, anger, rage, violence. We harm other people. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that if you're experiencing those things, it's okay to have those feelings. And exploring those feelings will tell a story as to why you're feeling those things. And those reasons, whether rational or not, whether they make sense to an adult or not, don't matter. It's what our child feels. It's how we felt at those times. And so those feelings are valid regardless if it makes sense or not. And that's an important note to have that regardless what we feel, those feelings are valid. And that's okay. Now that doesn't mean, again, this is an important distinction, they're valid to us. Emotions, feelings, all of these things within us are unique to us. So what we feel and experience them as are our own. We don't have the right to go out and force the world to believe these things or think these things or feel these things. But for us, our feelings are valid validating those feelings regardless what they are is step one the next path and the next piece is really understanding the story behind those feelings and how deep it may go and I can promise you depending upon the childhood that you experienced and most of us growing up have experienced this in some form or fashion simply because we're not aware of it at a societal level and we have not broken the cycle at a societal level our families are still perpetuating these things I am not suggesting that the state somehow now becomes the family because that's not an answer either. We have to recognize, first and foremost, the brokenness of what we're doing currently. The state would do a worse job. I can promise you that. So it's not about families raising kids. That is okay. Obviously, we've done that since the beginning of time. The differences we're unaware of how these things impact our children, and we're unaware of the pain and suffering that we carry, that we perpetuate. And until we become aware of our own suffering from within, we will continue to go about perpetuating those things onto the world with people we care about, often the people that we most care about who are closest to us, simply because that pain, that anger, that rage that we still experience it. It never goes away until it's given the credence that it deserves and needs. And until it's honored, we perpetuate onto the world or ourselves. Some people hate themselves and they destroy themselves and they internalize all that pain and they carry that burden and they slowly destroy themselves over time. Other people Completely deny that existence and then they go about perpetuating that pain onto the world. They externalize all this pain. So we either internalize it or we externalize it. I was very much an internalizer. I internalized a lot of the things that I was feeling as a young child. And again, I love my parents. They did the best they could. I had a good childhood in a lot of ways. I grew up in West Virginia. They, It really was, when I look back, I had a lot of freedom and enjoyed a lot of aspects of my childhood, but my parents also came and grew up in a very rough time in West Virginia. They were born in the 50s in West Virginia. They experienced segregation and a lot of tumultuous things happening in our society, a lot of violence, a lot of alcohol abuse, drug abuse not a great economy in West Virginia. So there was a lot of bad things. There were a lot of factors that contributed to these cycles, but I'm not going to perpetuate that cycle. So I sought to break it. And that's a huge intention that I have is breaking that cycle so that we can heal as a family. And I love my parents. My dad passed away sadly last year. If you've been listening, I dedicated the first the launch of the show to him on May 5th and the first three episodes because that was the day that he passed away so I love my father as I've gotten older I've realized how much he really taught me and how wise he was I didn't get it when I was young but now that's the difference that's the beauty of becoming older is we have the experience and a developed rational mind that can allow us to see these things and Consolidate our adult selves, our child selves into a whole being and carry those experiences with them, with us, so that we can share the benefits there, the gain, what we've gained in these experiences. So it is truly being aware, first and foremost, of our feelings, of the truth of our feelings. And it's, Again, not our parents' fault, right? They often, they also experienced this. And the reality is that they probably experienced it worse than we did. So, again, I'm not blaming our parents and I'm not denying the fact that they grew up in tough times and have had experiences that were beyond what we can imagine growing up in the times that we are. So, it's not a victim Olympics. This affects all of us. And we've all been impacted by these things. And it's our, I think, sacred duty to make the choice to heal these past doings and pains. This is how we move forward as a species, as a society, as a human, (laughs) as humans. We have so much potential within us, but until we unblock ourselves... Because this pain, these memories, these experiences, these dark feelings weigh us down and they block the free-flowing energy of life. They block that energy of self until we move those things out of the way of our expression and enable us to live a more true authentic version of ourselves and that's what's possible on the other side the the pain the suffering the struggle it's it's awful going through remembering listening to your to the history to yourself going through these memories allowing that child to speak freely about their experiences it's very it's, it can be a very painful experience that's why I think finding a good therapist, if you can, is always a valid option, making sure that it's someone that you trust, that you align with, preferably someone that falls in line with some of these ideologies that you resonate with so that you can at least go through frameworks, but you don't have to do this stuff alone. I was insane, and truthfully, I was very broke, didn't have a lot of money, I was working at Sprouts at the time. I was making barely over minimum wage and I didn't have a lot of money so I just had to figure this stuff out on my own. I spent a lot of time in libraries, a lot of times a lot of time journaling and writing and meditating and talking to myself, honestly. I would walk around rooms and spaces just communicating with myself, like allowing things to come out because it helped. It really helped get out the stuff that was rooted inside of me. And there were some brutal, ruthless negative feelings that I had carrying around me some anger and rage that I had that wasn't really how I felt but was in there so they were valid the feelings were in there and they had grown over time because I had denied them their existence and that's what happens the more we deny our truth the more those feelings grow and gain power and become more problematic until we look at them that's their purpose It's a blessing that we get depressed or sad or angry because it's showing us where things are off. Like our emotional system is truly a GPS for our soul. It allows us to have insight into our experience. So with the awareness of the inner child and the inner self We explore those painful, that fear based that self-neglect that we experience and all those kind of habits and memories that we carry with us. We We begin to love and honor ourselves. We begin to recognize, wow, okay, you know what? Like you, it was rough. I felt a lot of things and it's valid that I feel so angry right now. It makes sense that I have this hatred, this rage. You know what? I get it. I understand. and. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that it took me this long to figure it out. I'm sorry that I didn't listen. And I'm sorry that it, the people that I care about have also gone through these things. And so we don't justify that behavior. We don't, we don't communicate it away. We don't bury it more and more. We experience them and we validate them. We allow them to be as they are. We learn from them and then we move forward. And we continue to process these feelings by going through this practice day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year. It's something that we do for the rest of our lives. Now, it gets easier as we navigate these feelings and experiences. We explore what they are and we express them and process them it gets easier because the burden gets lighter. We begin to understand our history, our background, our feelings, our thoughts, and we begin to connect with ourselves. We begin to reconnect with who we are and what lives inside of us, what's possible. But denying our feelings, no matter how intense they may be, no matter how brutal and angry and rageful they may be, is not an answer. We have to be honest with ourselves. And there are methods and schools of thought that have means, ways to go about expressing these deep, dark kind of feelings in safe places, in structured ways. And so I'll talk more about those in another episode as well. There's a few different kind of therapy. Scream therapy is one that comes to mind. I think, again, inner bonding is a great therapy framework. Alice Miller had a framework of her own. And it would be interesting to see, too, if there are still individuals who are practicing her perspective, because one of the things, and it actually says here, this is what Before So she actually renounced her membership of the International Psychoanalytic Association in 1988 because she felt like the work wasn't being taken seriously enough and that there was a sharp opposition to the old tradition of blaming the children and protecting the parents. And so now we can't go the other way, and that's starting to happen now where it gets very extreme the other way and parents are denied their ability to protect their kids and raise their kids because they're now treated like the problem in this sense. And that's not the case either. We, it's not the parents. It's, we don't have the tools to do these things. We're not taught how to do these things. We're not taught these things in school. Our society has not prepared us or done the work required to move through these deep, heavy challenges that we face as a society and as a species. And that's, again, the objective of the show is to bit by bit unpack these issues, these challenges, provide tools and strategies, ways of thinking from very intelligent thinkers of our times and past who have done so much work around these issues. So Alice Miller really is a pioneer in her day and was a pioneer in her day. She truly was the first author that I read that felt that allowed me to felt seen, to feel seen. And it was her work that gave me relief in a way that I had never felt. I felt that first burden lift and accept and lightness of who I was once I realized and processed a lot of the anger that I had felt. And then the next aspect of that was Dr. Margaret Paul and her inner bonding work those two pieces of work together really gave me the tools that I needed to really begin nurturing myself and truly loving and parenting myself in a way that I had wanted and needed as a person. And now that I'm an adult, I can do that. And the amazing thing is having a daughter of my own now, she's almost a year old, I can see her as her own little sovereign being. Like she's a combination of my wife and I and her own. She's a unique person in herself she brings a uniqueness a sovereignty to existence and we want to honor that as much as we can and allow her to flourish in this world as much as we can and nurture her growth as much as we can so it's cool kind of being on the other side of this and seeing also too parenting is growth super growth growth (laughs) If you don't, if when you have kids, you're just, it forces you to grow and be aware and do things in ways that you had not had to do before. So it's brought a new level of awareness to my way of being now that I have a daughter and how things impact her. What she needs is not the same things that I need and so on. So it's interesting how all this stuff comes full cycle. And I think that's the exciting thing about it is we can make change. We can make difference. We can make a difference and by claiming our inner world, by creating that order within, we truly enable ourselves to transform the world. I genuinely believe this is the way we transform our world. Not through going out and forcing other people to change, but by impacting change within ourselves and living as reflections and examples of what that work is and leading by example, showing people what's possible by our existence, by our truth, by our authenticity. That to me is what order within is really about and making the most of our lives and being true to who we are. But we have to do that first and foremost by recognizing the pain, the sadness, the anger, the rage, the violence that exists within us and being honest about that. It's okay To feel those things, and that by feeling those things, we can learn from those things and move forward. So, with that being said, I'm going to wrap the episode here. I got a few other ones planned. I will be recording. I'm very excited about the show, the Substack. Hopefully, y'all are enjoying it. I certainly do appreciate you tuning in and looking forward to continuing growing the show here. So, until next time, y'all. Thank you for listening to Order Within. If you found the episode helpful, please consider sharing, rating, and subscribing. New episodes will be released every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Until next time, y'all.